Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. On today's Believe in Chicago Sports podcast, the Bears got themselves a new front office featuring a new map and a new Ryan. Dan and I break down what it means for the Bears to hire Ryan Poles as GM and Matt Eberflus as head coach. All that and more in episode 69 coming at you now. Welcome in to the Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast with myself, Dan Collins, who you can find on Twitter at TweetDanCollins. My co-host, Joey Gelman, who you can find on Twitter at Joey Gelman. You can find this show on the Tweet Machine as well, Believe in Chicago. As always, we're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, your number one network for professionals. Joey, here we are. Good news is... We finally get to record a podcast on the day that news breaks. There we go with Matt Eberflus being introduced as the Chicago Bears head coach shortly after or just coming uh, on the news that Ryan Poles is the new general manager of the same said Chicago Bears. So Matt and Ryan underscore two, Matt and Ryan to the second power, whatever it is you want to call it. Um, We talked a little off ear um, before recording this show and I think the word you use, and for better or for worse, like, let me preface everything. Let me preface this entire show by saying I'll do my best to be patient as a Bears fan, right? I'll do my best to be patient. I'll do my best to give them at least a a season or two under their belt before, you know, we start throwing some harsh criticism around. Or maybe it's just going to be a very miraculous next few years of growth in the city of Chicago with the Chicago bears who knows. So I'm going to try to reserve any harsh opinions and even the opposite of that. I'm not going to try to be too overly excited about anything either. This is obviously just breaking down. I think what, what this show at least is going to be for me is just breaking down my initial feelings, how I feel about it. Um, and really, I, I guess I could really just start by saying the big word you used before the show is like underwhelming. Um, <laughs> I doesn't mean that's going to be, it's going to end up being a bad hire. Time's going to tell Matt Eberflus, obviously defensive, former defensive coordinator now of the Indianapolis Colts. Very, very big reputation, obviously very, very much respected in the NFL. Anybody who's close to him and has, you know, came on or like said anything in, in local media here in Chicago, obviously speaking nothing but the world of him, which if they're a colleague of his, like, doesn't necessarily shock me, right? Or shouldn't necessarily shock anyone. Um, but top three defense the past three years in Indianapolis with the Colts. Um, I believe it was some stat there that he brought them up like in the first year from like, you know, lower rank in the 30th range to now, you know, a top 10 in scoring defense. So, I mean, definitely impressive resume, especially when it comes to the defensive side of the football. Um, Something we probably won't get into too much of this show, even though we might touch on it a tad, is now the very, very big question mark, especially when your hottest commodity and your most important commodity on the team is Justin Fields, who's going to be that offensive coordinator, considering he's a defensive-minded head coach. But nonetheless, I think I will say, in terms of Ryan Poles, not necessarily underwhelmed. I, you know, I, I don't have any like huge feelings about that, but to me that was fine. There was nothing underwhelming about it. Um, I think it was the Matt Eberflus um, pickup that was underwhelming, to say the least. But who knows? Maybe the Bears win a Super Bowl in three to five years, and Eberflus is paraded all over town with Justin Fields and company. Who knows? But I'll get into why I feel that way um, and just questions I have about the process and everything. Um, but regardless, Joey, neither here nor there, Matt and Ryan are once again our guys. 
It's hilarious. It just makes things so so ridiculous, and in the same position too. Right. Like they couldn't even flip it. Um, but no, it's 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 a weird day because not to be like skeptical off the bat, but you know, you're excited. It's a new era. It's a new regime. Uh, young Gun and Ryan Poles, and you get excited. You can be excited. <laughs> I have to be. I'm a season ticket holder. They gotta, you know, make me Fair. drink the Kool Aid anyways. But you know, it's also always met with skepticism with this team because. You know, they, they had the big headline today, right? Bears hire 17th head coach in history. You go, wow, like, that means, like, they've had some longevity at times, right? But they've hired five since George took over as chairman since 2011. So, you know, they've had a lot of turnover. It's been pretty rough. And I think that's where Bears fans kind of meet this with some skepticism. Uh, but at the end of the day, it, 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 it's, it's a brand new GM who seems to, you know, have a little bit of power here. I know you wanted to talk about that as well and how you think it went down. But, you know, from everything I've seen and read and heard, it seems like he wanted to make the decision on his coach that was a sticking point. Otherwise, he would have left and gone to Minnesota because they were going to hire him in a second. Uh, and seems to have done that in this process uh, with Matt Eberflus. And, you know, this is another GM that is very young and very, very raw. Um, but I, I, I'm hoping the experience he's had with an organization that's extremely successful and also experience under three general managers in that organization can color him in a way that maybe others haven't in the past that have been kind of one-trick ponies. And I'm, I, I, I'm hopeful to see how this works out because it seems as, as much as Ted and George and all of them were in this process, they kind of backed out when they are supposed to which normally doesn't happen because this is the most illogical franchise in all sports so you know for right now it's 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 optimism and with Matt Eberflus you know you're 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 getting a guy that has a good track record it seems to kind of be like a you know Lovey Smith style hire not in terms of my opinion yet but it kind of seems as though that's what Others are saying it's a very well-respected guy, defensive, of course, great player, coach, great connector with the players. And, and you know, I am all for building culture, but you got to win, too. And so, you know, you hope this combination can work. Um, but, you know, raise a lot of questions, too. So I'll, I'll throw it back to you because I know you want to get to some points here. But it's it's just it, it's a new a new dawn, a new era. Not a new era beckons like in Illinois, but a new era. I, I think I finally gave away that T-shirt uh, for Tim Beckman's first year. Which, by the way, fan note for Tim Beckman. I think I texted it to you. Yeah. That he, I still have him in my phone from when I covered Illinois, and I got a notification last. What did you say? That's a big development here. Oh yeah, and I got a I got a notice last week that Tim Beckman has has begun using Snapchat. Please interact with Tim <laughs> on, on Snapchat. So oh, unless it's just him, really and La- unless it's just him and lasagna, you know, right? Then we're in business, <laughs> but we'll have to wait and see. No, next is TikTok with the here's oh, how I make no. my lasagna, my oh, winning no. lasagna with yeah, exactly, my winning no. lasagna. All right, never winting mind. No more lasagna. Illinois. No, you're good. And it's funny, you know, you mentioned Lovey Smith, and like it almost feels like that kind of a hire. And it's like, well, shit, we haven't had a a good enough coach since we let Lovey Smith go. So let's find somebody who fits a similar type of mold and whatnot. So yeah, interesting idea there, but all right, first things first as a fan where I'm a little disappointed is I feel like after Lovey Smith, 
you had Mark Tressman, right? So it's like, ooh, like it was it was your first little bit of thinking of are we getting like this offensive not offensive guru, I mean, you know, whatever whatever kind of however you want to look at his Canadian football league resume before he got here or whatnot and when you had so, Bruce Arians in the building, by the way, but I digress. Exactly. No, for sure. Yeah, that whole different story. But yes. Uh, but anyways, so you go from Lovey Smith and you go from that defensive minded coach and you finally maybe want to pick things up on offense. So you hire Mark Trussman. And as, as a fan, you're like, all right, let's see what maybe an offensive minded coach could do. <laughs> we all know how that went, even though I think if we really look back at it from Mark Trussman to Matt Nagy in terms of offensive performance from those two offensive minded head coaches, I think Trussman actually hasn't beat. But either way, and then you like we rewind, we, we turn it around and then the next hire is. Is, is John Fox, and we go back to you know somebody who's obviously more defensive minded, and then again, so as a fan, you're like, all right, but you know John Fox, like, maybe this will work. Then you go to Matt Nagy, and we're back into like that excited, like ooh, offensive minded head coach. We're finally going to catch up with the rest of the league, and then boom, doesn't work out. So my hope as a fan, and I get it, like just because you get a, you could get a defensive minded head coach and still figure it out on the offensive side of the football, I get that. But I guess just as a fan, that's something like that I really wanted, right? Is like I, I want to finally find one because we haven't, right? Like we haven't really had, we've had zero probably in our history of like offensive like guru style head coaches right especially with the way the game is being played now especially with the way the game has evolved and the style offense that is played and the way all the rules tailor the offense we have yet to find a leader at the head coaching position who can exploit all of that and advance the team offensively and when i mean obviously maybe it'd be a little different in my head if we didn't have justin fields under center and he is going to be in hopefully the future of the Chicago Bears, maybe I'd feel a little bit uh, different about that. Um, but the fact still is, like, that's our quarterback. And, like, Ryan Poles coming in here in his first year and making this hire pretty cognizant of that as well, right? So it's like – and, uh, I mean, I just question I, – I really question, like, the whole process because – I get that it's like this whole big ordeal in the city that Ryan Poles, holy cow, not only do they hire Ryan Poles as the GM, but he's able to pick the head coach himself. Like, he's got free reign. Like, wow, okay, thank goodness, right? Like, I hope that's the case, and I hope that's 100% true. But my question really is, is like, I wonder just how much of that free reign did he have? Because the shortlist came in. You know, just just um, like it was like a day or so ago, the, the short list of like the finalists, at least from Bleacher Report, um, right before like a little before, like it was like a day or so, I want to say, before Ryan Poles was hired. And it was defensive coordinator Dan Quinn, um, ex-head coach Jim Caldwell, who the only offensive minded coach on this short list, Matt Eberflus, Dennis Allen. So three defensive minded coaches and Jim Caldwell. And then ultimately Matt Eberflus gets the job shortly thereafter. And I just wonder if like, out of all the people he interviewed, like it's that short list and that was it. Like Dabble doesn't get an interview or any other offensive mind. Like you're not searching or calling anybody else. And maybe they did, right? Like maybe he did. I'm not saying he didn't, but like where was the emphasis on trying to find those other like offensive minded coaches? Because if it was just off that short list, okay, is Caldwell really the only offensive minded head coach that you spoke to? And once again, I'm not saying like, because you didn't get the offensive minded head coach, that's where it ends. But I just wonder like how much he put into this because even who gets hired and gets hired rather quickly right after polls gets hired was like a day apart. Um, 
how how much like due diligence did you really do at that position? And I know like we kind of talked about a little off years. Well, maybe obviously that was one of the interview questions. Like, hey, like if you get the job today, who's your guy? And maybe maybe Iberfus was was the answer. And since they liked Iberfus so much, and since they, and since they like pulled so much, like hey, this is gonna be perfect. We'll bring him in. He already has this guy in mind. He'll do a few more interviews, and boom, he'll get his guy. But now that you did actually get the position, even though that was maybe potentially your answer in the interview process, and maybe like that's one of your main guys all along. Now that you have more reign, like, you know, now that you have like more flexibility as the guy who does now have that power to interview more candidates, if he wants, I don't know. I just questioned the process. And again, like I'm kind of not, not, I wouldn't say jumping the gun necessarily, but you know, this is all like, theoretically speaking like none of this is like you know really fact on how it exactly went down but it's just the questions i have and i think they're fair questions it is fair you've every right to question it because they've never done anything right you know and especially with george in, in charge it's 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 always been this weird business operation that just doesn't follow what you're supposed to do so you have a right to be skeptical and i'm normally much more skeptical i'm just i'm just trying to be positive because i want to believe they've learned something and i want to believe that they understood, okay, you know, while we're not perfect, we're going to relinquish a little control in these areas. We're going to, you know, allow this GM to have more autonomy. We hired Bill Polian, great, but we said we want this GM to pick who he wants. Uh, because the last time we kind of hamstrung a GM, it didn't work when they hired John Fox. And then it took three years for him to finally get his own guy. And then that didn't work. So you almost had... You know, let's say Ryan Pace hired Matt Nagy year one. Well, if it didn't work, they could have blown everything up after three years. Then they now they had to deal with this for seven, right? So, you know, I'm 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 hoping that they're they're in a position where they've learned a little bit uh, and 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 can take it into this process. I I but I I don't know. I get said you know talk to me two weeks ago. I go these are idiots. Look at the press conference. I don't know what the hell they're doing. So it's. It's a weird spot. I, 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 I get it, but if it would make sense if we were hearing the opposite from everyone. And because we're not, it gives me hope that they actually allowed him to do what he's wanted to do and build this. Uh, but, you know, and, 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 and with Eberflus, you know, it, it's interesting, right? I, I, I've been on the fence because I said, okay, we've done the defensive guru, you've done the offensive genius, but now I just want a good head coach, no matter what they are. But there still is a caveat with that if you're defensive. And Eberflus could be a great head coach. He could be the perfect head coach for him. But if he actually surrounds this team with the offensive tutelage that Justin Fields needs, and they're really good, you're going to lose an OC every year. Because they're keep going to be turning over and getting that Brian Dable head coaching job, say, getting yeah. that Josh McDaniels head coaching job. You know, it's Adam Gase. I mean, I know he's a nut job now, but back then. <laughs> so you know, you're, you're always going to have this turnover, and we saw that with 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 Cutler, right? I mean, I, and listen, yeah. I, I don't I don't know if they would want a Super Bowl with him. I know they made it to an NFC Championship, but it's the idea of okay, Lovey was a great coach, but every year, you know, you go in from. Adam Gase to oh my to Mike Tice to Mike Martz, Martz. to Aaron Cromer. I mean, it was just a, it was a, it was a mess. And and and, yep. and and I don't know if that's the single reason why they didn't get very far some years, but there is something to that of okay. There's a reason why the Chiefs have been to 
you know, three straight or four straight AFC championships, right? They've had consistency. The Bills yeah. now have that. I mean, I know Dave will probably leave, but they've had that consistency in the building. And the Bills are a good example because Sean McDermott's a defensive coach. But it, it's – and so is Belichick with McDaniel. So it's just – Well, like I said, Dave will be leaving. So it'll be interesting to see right. how Josh Allen and company, you know, right. how, how they do next year. I, I think Josh Allen is, you know, obviously like proving that he could surely be a top three, top five quarterback oh, yeah. in this league. So it's like – how easy is it to run an offense when you have that, right. like, you know, weapons like Stefan Diggs and one, like, of course. And, like, hey, Brian Dable doesn't necessarily have the most impressive uh, pre- impressive resume if, like, you know, you take out the past season or two, which the past season or two is part of his resume, so that's not how we do it. Uh, but obviously, like, names like Brady Quinn and whatnot and, and Pennington. But And I feel like he's going to get a job, but the fact that he hasn't gotten the Giants job yet is interesting, right? You know, that's a hot coordinator that hasn't gotten a job yet. And so you is wonder it- if people are wary now. Of the Neggy stench, like you got to pick a good guy too, not just the yeah. hot shot. I don't know. Well, and like I said, I mean, one, like you do have to look at the fact that he has Josh Allen, right? Like a top two, top three quarterback in the league, especially like the way he balled out, you know, against against the Chiefs, uh, one of the one of the best games in NFL history. I know that recency bias, but you know there there was just that. Um, and yeah, I mean, obviously, before, like I said, before you know, these past couple seasons, you look at the rest of his resume. How impressive is it? I get that. Um, it still would have been nice to, you know, I hope interview more defensive-minded head coaches if they had the chance. Because, like you said, I mean, the reality of the situation is, okay, you have Eberflus as a head coach, and maybe he's going to be fantastic at the job, but you still got like, maybe this is the one thing good about it. Let me actually just let me actually say this is, if you get a good offensive coordinator in there then you don't really, and I don't know if this is necessarily a good or a bad thing, but you don't run into that situation of like, oh, well, who's calling the plays or who's doing this? We're like, if you have the offensive-minded head coach in there, then the offensive coordinator, like, you know, like, for example, the Green Bay Packers, it's the floor. For for the for the, for the the Rams, like, it's McVay's offense, right? It's not the, you know, whoever their offensive coordinator is. But in this case, the offensive coordinator better be a hot shot because that's, that's going to be his offense, and they are the one, right? Like, in charge of developing Justin Fields, which more to your point, if they do a really good job, that's why they'd be the heck out of here because with a defensive minded head coach, you know, it's really all on that offensive coordinator, right? Right, right. No, you're right. And I don't know. I mean, I think you, you got to make us deep staff too, right? And it's like, okay, when you think of the Kansas city chiefs, you know, you have Reed, Bianami, let's just take it back a few years, right? You have, okay, Reed, Bianami. When they had Nagy. Nagy. No, seriously, Nagy. And yeah. then Nagy was with Peterson, and Peterson was with Filippo. Like, there's a train, there's, there's, there's a chain there that gives depth should one leave. And, and and when Justin Fields is the most important asset on this team right now, you have to take that into consideration and build something because if they're really good, you're going to lose the guy. So you really got to be smart on how you build this because you don't want to have that that revolving door that that's the scariest thing but that means they're good so that's a good thing but yeah you, you, you just you you you, you want to hear from a Eberflus what that plan is for Justin Fields and the offense and I know that's probably annoying to him as a defensive guy to have to answer that right away but you're the head of coach of the Bears now you're not the defensive yeah. coordinator you got to be able to have that vision or at least know who you're hiring to bring in to have that vision and 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 hopefully we'll hear from them both soon on on what that's going to look like because it's it's imperative. Is. 
Yeah. Who knows? I mean, obviously, there's already like fan rumors going around about St. Rita's very own Mike Kafka and, you know, his his Kansas City chief ties and whatnot. But I mean, no, I mean, obviously, that's going to be huge. I mean, now that it's all said and done, I think we're going to be even more like we're anticipating more of the offensive coordinator hire. Now, it's like, all right, Iberflus is the hire. Okay, well, like, just give me the offensive coordinator then. I want, I want to know where we're at the offensive side of the ball because if he is this Lovey Smith like leader of men and just, just an awesome individual and we could trust him now with the defense, that part is great. Don't get me wrong like that. Like, if he could be the head coach and like, you know, that, that authoritative figure or like that, that, you know, figure that like make sure everybody is held accountable that is awesome and if he can make sure the defense is in a good position that's freaking awesome too but now it's just almost literally in today's day in football like it is if you're a defensive-minded head coach it is equally as important as 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 who your offensive coordinator is where it's like if you have a offensive-minded head coach I feel like it's not as important necessarily on who the defensive coordinator is. Sure, you want a really good one, and you want to make sure like you're really good on both sides of the football because at the end of the day, you can have one of the best offenses in the league. If you don't have a defense to back it up or if, if there's a defense on the other side of the football that's stopping you, hence what happened last year. I know the Tampa Bay Bucks had Tom Brady, but they also had a really kick-ass defense that really gave the Kansas City Chiefs one of the best offenses ever a whole lot of problems. And, you know, you look at Tom Brady's, you know, few Super Bowl losses against the New York Giants and he was with the Patriots. They had awesome defense. So I get how important defense is. I'm not saying that, you know, they're close to equally important, but just in today's game where obviously all the rules, literally the rules of the game favor the offense. That's why it's just a little bit more important that if you have a defensive minded head coach, you really have to figure out the offensive coordinator position. I mean, this now is going to be, if you really think about it, Joey, let's think about this. So I'm at Nagy gone and you see what he did for the development of Justin Fields, which wasn't much, right? I hate to say it, but like at least what we saw this year, like it wasn't a whole lot. So Justin Fields being arguably one of the most, if not the most important draft picks in Chicago Bears history, at least you hope that's the case. Cause obviously if he's a bust, then no, it's not like it's only one of the most important draft picks in Bears history. If he becomes your franchise quarterback. But that being said, Literally, that makes me feel like this offensive coordinator hire is one of the biggest in a very, very long time. <laughs> like, it's almost as big as, like, when we went back and hired Matt Nagy, and unfortunately that didn't work out. And, like, obviously with Nagy in the beginning, there was Mitch, and that didn't work, so then we got Fields, but they didn't work together, so now we have to get a new head coach. And so, like, every it's almost like every single one until we figure it out is the biggest one for the time being, but this really is freaking huge. Oh, it is huge. And you know what's interesting is, and not that I'm there yet in terms of my opinion of Justin Fields, but in an interesting way, by hiring a defensive coach, it gives you an out on Justin Fields. So, like, if you know, when when you had Trubisky, it was like, okay, well, now we're bringing an offensive genius to work with them. This is going to work. This is going to be great. But you, but in order to take this job, Matt Nagy, you have to tell us that you believe full fully in Mitch. He clearly didn't, anyways, as reports have indicated the last couple of months. But you know, you kind of have to sell that, and then okay, now it's just a field. We do the same thing. This can kind of be a clean slate, and I don't think it it's going to be because I have faith in Justin Fields. I think he's ten times better of a quarterback. But there's a reality here where, like, you know, 
they're not tied together because it's not a, okay, we're bringing this offensive guy to groom Justin Fields. So you you could kind of, if you're Ryan Poles or if you're Matt Eberflus and you go, you know, we like Justin, but we don't love him. And I'm I'm not an offensive guy, so I wasn't I wasn't hired or in charge to groom this kid. This isn't my pick. This isn't my choice. You 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 could have a Cliff Kingsbury where you say thank you, Josh Rosen, for being a first round pick, but we're moving on. And I don't know. That, I don't think it's going to oh, be the no. case. Bears fans are canning you, Joey. I know you are canned. It's by just Bears it's just an interesting it's an interesting hypothetical. But but it also comes back full circle to what you're saying of the offensive coordinator job is they're going to be more probably, tied to fields right and it's it probably one of the one of the hottest biggest jobs in the in the nfl because if there are enough people that do believe in justin fields he's already there you don't have to start all over you're not you're not bringing yeah. in teddy bridgewater or carson wentz to try and to save your season to a head coaching job exactly exactly yeah exactly it'll be interesting and i don't know for offensive coordinator i know there's a lot of names um one i I know it didn't work out in Carolina, but what I would be interested in is is Joe Brady, who was the former LSU OC mm. of Burrow. And I know it didn't work out in, 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 in Carolina with Matt Rule, but I, I, I think someone who, you know, developed Joe Burrow into what he is, and then now obviously he's taken the league by storm, I think is someone that would be good in developing a talent for a top tier college quarterback that now is at the NFL level and and how that that could work and I know him and Matt Rule like it just it didn't work I think they were plagued from the beginning by having you know the quarterbacks they did and Sam Darnold and everything but it's just I don't know it's an interesting name to keep an eye on in my brain um because it's someone I've I've followed from my previous stints when we had to cover college football all the time Joe Brady was the hottest, the hottest name you could find. But I know we have a lot of time to worry about that. We can talk about these two guys now. But it's just, it's going to be interesting because you're right. That offensive job is suddenly priority number one, and people will forget about what's happened over the last two days. To be honest with you, it's all about Fields. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, hundred percent, and, and like you said, and I'm sure that's going to be one of the hot names thrown around, even if it's just via like fans, like you know we're doing now. But I mean, no, I mean, you you raise a really good point, and it's like. Let's just think about it this way. Say Fields kind of sucks this year. Let's just say he does, right? Let's say going into the season, it's it's not it's not that shaky. Like like you said, Iberflus doesn't get it probably won't get a whole lot of slack for that necessarily, unless like there's some really questionable like game time like game game management decisions he puts him in or things of that nature. Like he's not going to get nearly as much heat as Matt Nagy did because well at the end of the day, Matt Nagy like literally like even told everybody how much in charge of the offense he was, so that's probably why. But yeah, he's kind of disconnected, and like you said, so is Poles. So, like, if when the Bears finally have draft picks, they kind of want to reinvent the wheel, they, they kind of can, right? And here's one thing I think that is worth noting for, for whatever it's worth with Matt Eberflus is that supposedly he was also a finalist for the Jacksonville Jaguars job, who also have, hopefully on their in their roster, an up-and-coming um quarterback as well so i guess where i'm coming at here is if the jaguars who you know have trevor lawrence were willing to hire this defensive mind head coach and then figure it out offensive coordinator wise for trevor lawrence and the bears are also now who have like the second or third you know youngest quarterback you know depending on how you want to rank them in the league with justin fields they want to hire and did hire Matt eberflus 
I think that there's something to be said there. I honestly do. I think there's something to be said that he was also on the Jacksonville Jaguars radar and they didn't see the whole defensive minded head coach credentials as not being worth the final candidate for. That's really boosting Bears confidence, man. Relating him to the Jaguars. <laughs> that <laughs> hey, just gets you going. You know what? Oh, I'm glad we actually brought this up because one of the first things that came to mind when, when I saw the Matt Eberflus hire, and I hate to do this to Bears fans, but I just remember on the last week of the regular season going, oh my God, how much it must suck to be the Indianapolis Colts right now. All you had to do was beat the Jaguars and, you know, Trevor Lawrence hangs, hangs 24, was it 25, 20 plus points. Um, I'm at Eberflus's Colts defense and um, they don't get the job done. So something funny to note there, even if you just had to shut down Lawrence and company and you guys would have been, I mean, that offense didn't put up nearly enough. Points. I think they scored like, what, 10, 10 or 11 points that game off. Yeah, well, that's Carson Wentz's crazy. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. So, But still, that's like one thing I thought of was, oh, my gosh, the Indianapolis Colts, the team that was right there basically in the playoffs. And then, but. Of course, Iberflus on the defense side of the ball, and he's got good enough defensive numbers to back it up the last three seasons. Um, totally get it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's obviously just something to think about in terms of, you know, what what this is going to look like for yeah. the Chicago Bears now. And I I want to be more excited about it, but I'm going to need the results because, and this is nothing against Matt Iberflus. It really isn't. I'm not trying to be that guy, but the personality wasn't isn't necessarily there for me like in terms of like really being pumped up about it like if there's one thing Matt Nagy bought at least at the very very beginning and he partially won the room with it is he came off as like that vibrant energetic offensive minded guy who was going to get the job done sadly he didn't um so obviously that only gets you so far you still got to be able to get the damn job done and Iberfus hopefully can um like I said very well respected it sounds like around the league so that's amazing as well um so I hope he definitely does fine. But at the end of the day, you still got to figure out the offensive side of the football or it doesn't really matter how good Iberflus is on, on head coach because that's not really his job necessarily is to figure it out completely on offense. You're going to need the staff in place to, you know, figure that out. Otherwise, you're really not going anywhere. Sorry, yeah. Bears fans. And, 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 and I'm really interested. This is the reality, in- you know? Yeah, I know. And I'm interested in seeing how they present themselves and their presser. I know you can't learn too much, but – you know, if 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 the reputations uphold of you know really good person, a great communicator, a player's first mentality, transparency, like these are all things that we found over the years that didn't really happen with Mark Tressman, John Fox, Matt Nagy. They all were missing something, and he and of course with Ryan Pace, it was just. He hid under a rock. You never could hear from him. There was no transparency. He's fired up about everything. Like it just didn't. It wasn't genuine. And so I'm curious to see if 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 they are true to what we've been told they are, because I think that resets the reputation you have around the league. I think the Bears have a really crappy reputation as an organization, just as the Bulls did, on how they run things, how they manage their business versus a family entity there's a lot it's just it, it's it's sometimes just ass backwards but you know if these two guys can come in and kind of reset expectations around the league of this is how the bears operate this is who we are and what we do uh and and we're putting the players first not our own egos that's going to be incredibly incredibly refreshing and it can hopefully be attractive to whomever we want to play here work here what have you because you know 
the Bulls for so long were like, well, why don't they want a player at Chicago? It's like, because you guys are a horribly dysfunctional organization. The Bears, you could say the same thing. It was like, why, don't, why wouldn't you want to play for the Bears, historic franchise? Like, because they've been dysfunctional and haven't won in almost 40 years, and all their highlight photos are in black and white. Like, that's the reality. So, so you know, I, I, I think this can serve as an opportunity for them to reset themselves around the league if, in fact, they got this right. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to God they did. Wow. You, you really went there with the with the with the black and white highlight reels being the only thing that they really got. That's um, what Ryan Pace said when he took the job. He's like, I walked through the hall with George and he f- showed me the photos of the 60, 60s champions and the years. Right, and, and the 40s and the 50s. He's like, why are these in black and white? We got to change that. We're going to win. I mean, they never did, but right. it's true. It, it It's, it's no, crazy it, how long it's been. It literally reminds me of being at Illinois, and it's like literally the Red Grange stat- statue, like you know, somebody from nineteen freaking twenty. Right, him and Butt Kiss. It's crazy. It's like, oh, Who, by I the mean, way, is a great follow on Twitter now. But I digress. Yes. But no, and also even more to that point, it's like him and Buckus, and Buckus is like by far the more modern one than Grange, which is like kind of sad to say. Um, but either way, no, I guess like you know, my my closing thought on it would be is, and I'm going to end it on a positive note. What an awesome time now. Like this is really a I can't almost think of a better time to come in as a general manager and as a head coach, but even definitely as a general manager. No, we don't necessarily have the immediate picks right now in terms of draft capital or whatnot, but the move to Arlington in a few and and you know, inevitable eventually, you know, within what three to five years potentially. So you have the move to Arlington. If hopefully if you're Ryan Poles, you could be around long enough and earn yourself a contract extension, you know, as that happens. Um, you have Justin Fields, which like you said, even if that doesn't work out, maybe you do the whole thing the Cardinals did and, you know, get yourself a new man, but still like there's potential at quarterback, right? There's the inevitable Arlington Heights move and potentially, and I don't want to get ahead of myself here. You potentially have Aaron Rodgers leaving the division, you know, I mean, something to think about, like if Aaron Rodgers leaves the division, if, and that's a huge, if, if Aaron Rodgers leaves the division, if, big if, Justin Fields could start taking the next steps, eventually you're going to get more draft cap. You know, you're going you're gonna to be able to make draft first round and second round draft picks eventually again, and you're moving to Arlington Heights. What better time to become the general manager of the Chicago Bears, right? I mean, pretty good. Just, just I mean, it's a pretty decent time. It's like if all the I know was it like if and if 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 and ands and butts and nuts, whatever it is, the, the stupid saying. I'm not going to say it, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I know there's a lot of ifs there, but you know, they're they're not out of the realm of possibility. Yes, right. This isn't me like four years ago saying like, oh, can you maybe like Rogers is you know pissed and he's going to leave. Like, no, it's an actual real possibility. He just what didn't he just say, what what was the quote like? I don't want to be here for if there's a rebuild or something like that. Like paraphrasing here. Um, but yeah, I mean, fuck, Robbie Gold owns him. And he, Robbie Gold owns him, and he's running him out of town. It's that simple. Um, but no, I mean, that's that's the positive spin I'll put on it. Is like I'm sure one like Ryan Poles will get to work. You know that famous you know video that's going around now of him showing up to Hallis Hall and putting in the work. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's no better time to do it now because the future in terms of having the quarterback, the Arlington Heights move, which maybe you love it, maybe you don't, and potentially 
one of the best quarterbacks in history leaving your division. And boy, oh boy, if that happens, I will. I hope the Packers have some sense of quarterback hell for at least a few years. Going from Favre to Rodgers, like it's now finally your time to see what it's like to not have a decent QB. Woohoo! But we'll get there when we we had to bring up the Packers right before we ended the show. But no, I mean that's that's where I'm at with that on, on a positive note. Same amount like, of Super Bowl appearances as Rex Grossman. Just saying. This is true. This is same and. Screw appearances. We'll just talk about in terms of NFC Championship victories. Same amount of NFC Championship victories than Rex Grossman. Um, so yeah, hope, wow. Now that you mention it, wouldn't that be something? Fields, you just need at least one Super Bowl victory and two Super Bowl appearances with your time with the Chicago Bears, and you can arguably have a better postseason resume than Aaron Rodgers. That's not the highest. I mean, a Super look Bowl at Jimmy Garoppolo. He might yeah, do it just, too. Yeah, you just need two appearances and one Super Bowl ring, and you're arguably did better in the NFC North than Aaron Rodgers ever did. So it's not that tall of a task. Championship is what we want. Bring the Super Bowl, show up a couple times, you'll have a better NFC North career than Aaron Rodgers in terms of postseason play, at least, um, or postseason accolades. So, yeah, eventually we, we somehow got on Aaron Rodgers, but um, bring it all back full circle, especially if you're looking at it from a GM perspective. We talked about Eberflus for a while. From a GM perspective, there's pretty good argument on why it's a good time to be the general manager for the Chicago Bears. Just like that, he comes full circle drinking the Kool-Aid. I love it. Well, that's going to do it for us today on Believe in Chicago Sports. You can follow us always on Twitter at Believe in Chicago. I'm on Twitter at Joey Gellman. He's on Twitter at TweetDanCollins. We're part of the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. And we'll talk to you next time with maybe some more uh, Bears hires and see what other news is going on. DeMar DeRozan, an all-star and um, a lot of fun stuff going on as we get closer and closer to Super Bowl Sunday as the sports calendar flips and it's going to be a fun ride so we're happy you guys are joining us along for it. Until then, he's Dan, I'm Joey. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.